Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. All right, I want to welcome you to the Connect Podcast. So glad that you're joining me today. And uh, what we do here on the Connect Podcast is we get into God's Word so we can get God's Word into our lives so that we can get it out of our lives into the world around us. And we are on a journey through the Gospel of John, journeying with Jesus, getting to know him better, seeing who he is, what he says, and uh, what he does. And so uh, this has been so great as we've walked through the Gospel of John, and we're in John chapter 15 now. And let me just ask you a question to begin with. How many of you have felt rejected at some point? How many of you have felt hurt uh, betrayed, rejected. I mean, I think that that is universal, right? All of us have felt rejected at some point. It's just part of life. And when we experience relational hurts, whether it's through something someone does, something someone uh, says about us, to us, we'll say uh, things like this. We'll describe it like this. Uh, She broke my heart. He hurt my feelings, or we'll say it felt like getting punched in the gut. And so there's this uh, researcher and neuroscientist named Matt Lieberman, and he said, wow, this is too coincidental that we use all these terms to describe relational emotional pain. So he set out to study uh, the pain of social rejection, and one of his studies involved putting people in a brain scanner while they played a video game called Cyberball. And it was three players, only two of them were uh, computer players, they were like bots, and there was a real person being studied. And what they would do is they would toss a ball, a digital ball to each other, and all three players would toss and take turns to throw the ball to each other. But at a certain point in the game, the uh, two computerized players they would just start tossing the ball back and forth to each other and leave the person out of the game. And uh, even though this is a silly game, it makes no difference in real life, uh, the research subjects were uh, really hurt by this. They started feeling rejection. And when they came out of the scanner, they kept talking to the researchers about how upset they were. And the most interesting part of this study was how they saw how their brains, how our brains, process rejection. To our brain, social pain feels like real physical pain. A broken heart can feel like a broken leg. And so Lieberman wrote a book called Social, and he said, looking at these brain scans side by side without knowing which was uh, physical pain and which was social pain, 
you couldn't even tell the difference in the brain between these two types of pain. So the conclusion was when we experience threats or damage to our social relationships, our bonds, our brain responds in much the same way it responds to physical pain. Well, you know, everybody feels rejection and pain at some level, but if you are a follower of Jesus and if you stand for his truth and if you're following and representing him, you will feel the pain of rejection because in John 15, Jesus has just talked about how we are to love each other within the church, within the body of Christ, the family of God. We love each other, and that is a reality. But the other side of the coin is the reality that the world hates true believers. The world and the people of the world shun, isolate, gossip about, make fun of, mock, ridicule, pass over, overlook, uh, think we're weird, uh, make jokes about true believers. In fact, that uh, Christians are one of the last uh, groups of people that you can still mock and make fun of, and uh, people will applaud. Our culture will applaud it. Um, and so I just saw this this morning on ESPN. They were saying, oh, this this Christian you know stuff. Now, you couldn't say that about any other religion. You couldn't, you couldn't call it. They actually called it BS. You know, you couldn't call any other uh, faith BS, but you can still do that publicly and, and on mainstream, in the mainstream, you can say that. And this goes even further. It leads to abuse in the workplace and in the community. And depending on the culture and the, the, the place that you live, it can even lead to death. In North Korea, following Jesus is seen as treason. And you are required to worship the dictator uh, there. Jesus wanted us to know what our stance and what our relationship with the world would be like and how do we respond. And he talks about this in John chapter 15, starting in verse 18. If you have your Bibles, you can get into that with me right now. Here we go. I want to read the whole passage. What he says here, we're going to read through 25 and then we'll hit 26 and 27 to, to close today. But he says, if the world hates you, Jesus says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin as it is. They have seen and yet they have hated both me and my father, but this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. Now he starts out in verse 18, he says, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. And really, it's not just if the world hates you, but since the world hates you, because there's no question that the world hates believers. Um, 
And uh, the, wor- the word world here that Jesus uses, we find in the Bible, is used in three different senses. First, and we get this kind of confused, I want us to understand, what is the world? Well, first, the world is used in the idea of the world that God created, God's created world. And then the second, the world is just the people in the world, all the people in the world. But this is referring to what Jesus is talking about is the world's broken system. That's how it's used here. See, the world is um, is over every person whose thoughts and lives are centered on world the worldly way of thinking. So like in Romans 12, 2, uh, where Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. That's talking about our human culture that is organized uh, without God. Or in 1 John 2.15, where John says, do not love the world or anything in the world. He's not saying don't love the people in the world because God loves the, the world. God so loved the world, right? He says in John 3.16. But also, He's not talking about uh, don't love the, the, the beauty, the beautiful uh, things that God has created. He's saying don't love this way of thinking and this way of living without God. So um, 2 Timothy 3.12 reminds us everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's not a question of you may face persecution. It is you will face persecution, and especially today, especially today in our culture. Jesus is talking in this chapter, he's been talking about abiding in him, living in him, and there will be some people who are part of this world system who will hate you because you are abiding in Christ. And, you know, it's surprising for some people, they become a Christian and they think everybody is going to applaud and think this is the greatest decision of your life. Like if your friends, if you were to get a, a new house or you're to get a promotion at work, they would they would applaud you and they would say, "Go, way to go, way to go. But then you tell them that you've got a brand new life and instead of rejoicing with you, now they're rejecting you. And that rejection, it could mean losing a relationship, and many times it does mean losing relationships, unfortunately. Sometimes it could mean losing your job. Um, But we remember in some places in the world it actually means losing your life. And many people today are being literally killed for their faith around the world. Um, And so this does happen today. And uh, but, But for us here, you know, it could mean more like being left out. Uh, being outcast, missing out on some opportunity. And so what I want to talk to us about today and what I want us to look at that Jesus is teaching us is what do we do? How do we respond when we're rejected? And not just rejection in general, but when you're rejected for standing for the truth of Jesus and you're standing for Jesus, what do you do? Well, the first thing that you should do is don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. If you focus on yourself, then you're just going to end up feeling worse. It's going to make you feel worse. It's going to lead to bitterness in your life. But if you are rejected because of your faith in Jesus, understand they're not really rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus in you. They're rejecting Jesus. And 
Jesus is the one who gave his life for them. You talk about that feeling of rejection. They're rejecting Jesus himself. And, and we need to know that before the world hated you, they hated Jesus first. So focus on Jesus and you will grow in your faith. I mean, people like the idea of Jesus, right? But the Jesus that is revealed in Scripture, that's where they start to have a problem. Now look at 1 Peter um, chapter 4, verse 3. It says, For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give an account to God who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Hey, you used to be so much fun. You used to party with us. Um, and now you're the party pooper, right? You're going to ruin all of our fun. You're out to ruin my fun. Listen, remember, it's not something strange that's happening to you when you are rejected. Don't be discouraged. Um, 1 Peter 4.12 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Or in 1 John 3.13, don't be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Don't be surprised. This isn't unusual. This has happened to believers across the centuries around the world. And so understand that uh, Jesus had victory over the hatred. He, he, he won over that hatred. He was triumphant even over the sting of death, even though they crucified him. He arose and he is seated at the right hand of God. So that's first. So first thing is that you don't take it personally. The second response that we should have is that we don't try to fit in. Don't try to fit in when you're rejected. You know, they reject you, and so now all of a sudden you're saying, well, I need to change. No, you are different. You're not the same as them. You're not like everyone else, so you can't just fit in. Lights are going to naturally shine, and the world is going to hate believers because they are different than the world. Well, the Bible tells us we are not of this world. We have been made new. We, we have been called out of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And we're different from the spirit of the world. We don't have the spirit of the world. We don't have a worldly way of thinking. We don't uh, talk like the world. We don't uh, enjoy the same things as the world does. We don't, um, we don't ha experience the same kind of comfort. And we're not even looking for that same kind of comfort. We don't have the religion of the world, the world uh, that, that looks at, at faith as religion, as work, working to win favor, win the favor of God by what you do. We uh, don't have the same prejudice as the world. We don't, we don't uh, judge people based on outer things in their life. We don't have the same greed as the world, the same passions as the world. I mean, there are so many differences between a follower of Jesus and all of the world around us. And because of the difference, yes, they're not going to love you. Uh, they're, they're going to reject Christians and they're going to hate them because the darkness hates the light. Um, so, so and, and the world loves people. The world system loves people who just 
go along, who just kind of get along to go along, and they reject people who are nonconformists. And what's so funny about that is that everyone likes to think they're so different. You know, oh, I figured out this new way of sinning, but man, their sin looks just like everybody else's sin. They all want to be different, just like everyone else. They all go to the same parties. They all get drunk at the same parties. They think they're being so different, but they just want to fit in to be accepted. And when this was written back in in this time, the, the Roman government would give you a special certificate, and all you had to do is once a year, you would just have to do a little ceremony where you say Caesar is Lord. You just had to do it once a year just to show that you would conform and that you would go along with them. But believers, true believers, refuse to do that. You don't need a certificate. You don't need a little gold star. You got Jesus. You've got something much greater. Listen, we are being changed every day to become more like Jesus. So you're different. So don't just try to fit in with the world. Okay? And then the third thing that that we should do is not, don't try to avoid rejection. Don't try to, to, to live in a way that you'll never be rejected. Now, some people take this too far and they want to be a jerk for Jesus. Don't do that. Don't, don't look for rejection, but understand that living for Jesus, it's going to come to that because you are his representative. And they rejected Jesus. They uh, persecuted Jesus. And we're not better than him, right? I, if, if he was persecuted, then that's what's going to happen to us. We expect it, right? But then also, um, the fourth way we respond is we want to remember that rejection isn't universal. Not everyone is going to reject you. Um, Jesus said, if they rejected me, they're going to reject you. If they persecute me, they're going to persecute you. But he said, if they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. See, there's there's unity for those who have put their faith and their trust in Jesus. It's only the people who aren't following Jesus. Granted, that's a lot of people. But the flip side of persecution is some people are going to respond to Jesus. Some people are going to become part of God's family. Okay? And so um, so we want to we we want to remember that not everybody, sometimes it feels like the everybody's against you. They're not all against you. You've got family. You've got a, a Christian church family. If you uh, lean into your church family and you just remember, like what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.8, he said, we're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. God's not going to leave you. Jesus won't ever leave you. His spirit is in you. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. It's those scars, that's where the light shines through. And it's through the rejection that you have an opportunity to make a difference and to show the difference. Yes, the world is going to hate believers because they don't really know God. And really, the world and this worldly system is so deceived in the way it thinks about God because people think, well, God is just up there to... Uh, give me what I want to satisfy my own cravings and bless me and make me feel good about myself. A lot of people think of God like this kindly old grandfather in the sky who 
provides everything and protects and gives no matter what you do. And he's like, oh, you're so good. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. No, It doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter what decisions you make. Just, uh, I mean, don't go too far with it, right? Don't, don't do anything too out there. But for the most part, just do whatever you want to do. And the world believes that God will just accept you and forgive everyone and everybody's going to go to heaven, you know, and, and, and listen, we know that that is not who God is. You just have to open the Bible, right? That's not what the Bible says. God is loving and God is also just, and he loves us and he demands that we live for him. That's the demand that, that God gives us. See, the world hates that. They kick and they scream and they rebel against who God really is as we know him, as he, is, he reveals himself in his word, the Bible. And so let me share a few scriptures that reinforce that in John 16 too. It says, uh, Jesus says, they'll put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they're offering a service to God. They will do such things because they've not known the Father. I mean, some people say, oh, I'm doing, you know, I, I'm on the side of God. And they will tell you you're not. But you know, based on what Scripture has said, that, that you are. And it, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.18, they're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So their hearts are hard. They are, uh, they're motivated by their own evil desires. Now, the world hates believers because in your presence, there's this conviction of sin. Oh, I feel bad. I feel you make me feel bad about myself. Well, we're not trying to make anyone feel bad about themselves. In fact, that could be the spirit of God that is working to bring change in your life. And so the message of Jesus does convict the world of sin. Okay, and so many people, they think, well, just be like Jesus. Just love everybody. Just be loving like Jesus. You know, Jesus never pointed out anybody's sin. Really? Really? If you think that, you haven't read the Gospels because Jesus pointed out sin in people's lives all the time. He said, go and sin no more. And so many people walked away because Jesus made these high demands on their lives and that's ultimate. Why do you think he went to the cross? Not because he was just always preaching a message of love. And it was because uh, Jesus didn't whitewash sin. He didn't wash over it. He preached and he taught right living. Therefore, so his message exposes sin in our lives. And uh, Jesus was very clear about this in John 8, 21. He said, I'm going away and you will look for me and you, this is very sad, he said, and you will die in your sin. And where I go, you cannot come because you, you're you dead in your sin. And he goes on in John 8 and, and he says, you are from below, I'm from above. You are of this world, I'm not of this world. I told you, you would die in your sins. And he, was, he even said, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. Okay, so he is he is point he is saying some harsh things, right? But uh, and that's because what he said and what he did reveals the sin in the world, and uh, and so Jesus said, you know, he's saying this in this passage. It's a little hard to understand. He said, "If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin." 
but now they have no excuse for their sin. What's he saying? Is he saying that if he hadn't uh, come into the world that, that nobody would ever have sinned? No. It means that since he has come, now he has shown the world exactly who God is. And God has now been revealed to us very clearly. And now you've heard of him and you've known that, that what he's done. And so now you're guilty of even worse sin if you reject him. And that is of, of rejecting God and his son. And so he's pretty clear there. But how should we respond when we're rejected? Well, also, we should respond with compassion. Listen, when Jesus was being crucified on the cross, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus said, you know what, in some way, yes, they're responsible. And yes, everybody is responsible for their choices and decisions. But it's understandable why the world is making the choices they're making because they don't know God. They, um, they also don't have any excuse. Like when they stand before God for their sin, there's no excuse you can come up with that's going to be valid enough for rejecting Jesus. And so we need to have compassion for them. We know that they're lost and, and they need to be rescued. And when someone rejects you, they are shouting, I don't know Jesus. I need Jesus. Whether they're saying it or not, we know they need Jesus. And, uh, and, and like, I, like I said, the world has no excuse. I mean, if you think about it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense how much the world hates Jesus. Jesus is the one person who has uh, spoken and stood up for righteousness more than anyone else ever has. He, he cared for and healed and ministered to people more than anyone else ever has. He worked for true love and justice, and, and he gave his life so the world could be saved. Um, so it makes no sense, so don't try to make sense of it. That's the sixth response. Don't look for a reason. You know, when you're rejected, oh, I just want to understand why they did this. I just want to understand why do they hate me so much. In verse 25, Jesus says, they hated me without reason. And, you know, sometimes it seems like somebody is rejecting you and they're in an alternate reality. It doesn't make any sense. So don't try to make it make sense. God isn't surprised. That, that it makes no sense because it really doesn't. You think, well, maybe if I could figure it out, I could help them understand. Well, the reason is, if there is a reason, it's simply they don't know Jesus. Back in the Bible, think about the, the, the things that the world thought about Christians. They believed Christians were trying to overthrow the government. They said that the Christians were cannibals because of the Lord's Supper and Communion. They accused Christians of being arsonists. All of these things are not true, but that's what they saw in their minds. That's what they made up in their heads to justify their hatred of Christians. And that's what people will do today. They'll make up a reason not to follow Jesus because they're deceived. They move forward at a breakneck speed in their madness to get to a place of brokenness, and destruction. They want to squeeze the most life out of this world as possible, but there's so little of it. There's so little of it, and eternity is long. The world's hatred for Jesus reveals that the true heart and nature of the world is evil. 
and so they are without excuses. It says in Romans 1.20, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Okay, so that those are some ways that you can respond when you're rejected. I want to give you some other positive ways to respond that Jesus talks about starting in verse 26. He says, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you must also testify for you have been with me from the beginning. Okay, here we see Jesus. He promises, even though You've been rejected by the world. You have victory over the world. And so our response when we're rejected is to trust the Holy Spirit. Don't try to handle rejection on your own. Don't try to deal with it just on your own strength. Trust the Holy Spirit of God who lives in you and he is with you always. That's where the victory comes from. God's Spirit is your comforter through any persecution you face. He is the truth that will prevail through all persecution. And he will testify to the world, convicting them, even as they're hating you and hating Jesus. God's spirit is at work convicting them. And we have victory through Jesus. And um, we know that he is with us. And so what do we do we're going to tell the truth about Jesus, even when we're being rejected. And you're tempted to stay quiet. Do I want to bring Jesus into this? Do I, do I want to uh, claim the name of Jesus? I mean, they're coming after me. Yes. Yes, you do. That's the time. That's the time uh, to talk about Jesus. Don't change your message. Don't back down. Talk about the reason why you're different, the, the hope that Jesus offers. And uh, there's victory in that. We're going to tell the incredible message of Jesus so that the world, even those who reject us, they may, some may turn to Jesus. They may see the difference. They may see your courage and your faith. And many times when I'm uh, teaching, when I'm speaking, I know God's Holy Spirit is speaking through me um, because, you know, I'm, I'm not capable of convincing anyone to follow Jesus, but God's Spirit does that. So people will come up to me and they'll say, wow, you were really reading my email. You, you, must have, you must have been listening to what I was talking about last night. I was just thinking about this this morning. No, I, I don't know any of these things. That's the Spirit of God that is working and communicating into your heart and your life. And yes, sometimes he uses the messenger to do that. But Jesus said in verse 27, he said, you must testify. You, you've got to do it. It's a command to testify, to, to talk about Jesus. Yes, you're being persecuted. You're being rejected. That's not the time to run away and hide in fear. I mean, if, if you do that, then then what's the point of the persecution? You, you lessen uh, the impact of it, and it, it's wasted. When you keep on trusting and you keep on talking, you're going to show that Jesus is real. And, and, you know, people are looking at you. you. If you get passed over for a promotion because of your faith, but you still trust in Jesus, people will see there's something different about you. 
the Spirit will testify, and so should you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's practically impossible to know the true Savior of the world, to know that no one has to die in their sin and then keep quiet about it. We can't do that. We have to share the message. We're passionate. We, we have to, to, to share because we know the truth and we have experienced the truth. Listen, if you were under any kind of delusion that the world was going to love you for being a Christian and you're going to just be comfortable in your Christianity, you, you've got to wake up because that's not how it works. Instead, know that whatever you're going through, God wants to use it to grow you and to lead other people to know Jesus. I mean, you, you have a choice. Your choices are when you're rejected, you can either try to blend in and look like the world, but how can you do that? You're not like the world. That's not who you are. You could also try to respond to the world's hatred with hate by trying to fight back using, using worldly ways and worldly methods against them. But then what good does that do? Instead, Jesus wants us to respond to rejection and to persecution by compassionately and passionately standing our ground and telling the truth. And that is what is going to change the world. Now, listen, yes, we experience some level of persecution here. It's very minimal. Um, it's getting worse, and I believe it's going to get much worse uh, very quickly. But around the world, people are literally being martyred, being killed for their faith. And if you want to do something about that, uh, one way to do that, there's an organization called Open Doors USA. You can go to opendoorsusa.org. You can find a way to do something practical about it. It should break our hearts that there are Christians who are being killed around the world for their faith. It should motivate us and inspire us to stand for our faith here, where it is still relatively easy, even though, yes, not everybody's going to applaud. But we want to take some time right now and pray for those who are living under persecution because of their faith around the world. And I want to pray for you that God is just healing that hurt in your heart if you've been rejected and giving you the courage to stand for Jesus and to shine out uh, his light. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for these words that were true uh, when Jesus said them and they are true today. God, give us that strength. God, I pray for believers around the world, even today, who are whose lives are on the line because of their faith in you. God, we pray for their safety. We pray for their protection in their lives. But we know, God, that um, we don't love our lives more than we love you. We love you, and God, you've given us life, and you've given us life that lasts forever. So help us to shine out and to stand for you in the middle of this dark world today. God, thank you for that and uh, help us to stand with each other. God, loving each other as you've called us to do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you really soon. Be blessed and have a good
Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast. Thank you.